0: again now for our summer break and Thelma had a really bad uh, uh, COVID I think uh, that set us back quite a bit but anyway here we are and it's lovely to be back uh, so yeah lovely to see you again Thelma I hope you're feeling okay now
1: yeah, yeah, I'm good. It's great to see you, Tom. Yes, COVID, um, and I have to say, we have been on uh, a bit of a holiday as well, and uh, got a bit of sunshine, um, and seeing friends and family. So so that's been good. Uh, so uh, yeah, fully recovered now. But whoo, it was, it's not, I know you've had it, Tom, but I, I uh, it did floor me for quite a while. So I'm really pleased to to be back and uh and able to talk to you and because there's so much going on isn't there as usual yeah I mean
0: you're looking good Thelma and you're you're looking healthy and uh but that yeah Covid uh,
1: yeah I've ditched the dye as well so I'm kind of uh, the silver set now Tom yeah to yeah, you, yeah we'll
0: join the, the club your
1: beard <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, as a bloke I don't have to worry about all that kind of thing and I, I am aware of that but um yeah so uh so much going on in politics and and pretty much every day i mean i know we were just talking before we started the record we are political nerds and uh uh we you know we never stop uh reading and uh and following what's going on in in our area of po- political interest anyway uh, uh but there's so much going on at the moment uh, uh and so the things we're going to cover today, well, we're going to start off with having a little look at the Tory party leadership contest, which I found terrifying and fascinating at the same time, even when the whole 10 of them were in there and I was looking at them, I was thinking this is absolutely terrifying uh, because, you know, I was picking out one or two as thinking, well, if we've got to have one of them, can it be this one? Uh, I don't know where where you're at with it, Thelma, but the two that are left are, are the, probably the scariest two of the lot. Maybe not the scariest two, but certainly one of them is
1: pretty scary in my book. Yeah, I, uh, they are. I mean, when when it was the full, was it ten of them, Tom? I've forgotten now. But yeah, with it, I, I I just looked at each one of them and just thought, you know, for the majority of them, it was who. Would, would have supported Johnson and those that have served Johnson and, and sat on that front bench and, and enabled this catastrophe of a, of a government. And now they're being, you know, selected as potential um, prime ministers. And, and by, well, it's less than 200,000, is it? About 160,000 Tory voters, the vast majority who are, are, are over 55, or is it even older than that? Vast majority of white don't reflect diverse Britain, and I, I just think I, I, I just think it's so depressing. Actually, I mean, if it weren't for the left and, and our movement and the potential there and what's happening and what's growing, um, it, it would be truly depressing. Especially when you look at the the opposition as well, you know, and uh, Keir Starmer and how ineffective they are currently as an opposition. It would be truly depressing if you didn't, if we hadn't got at the moment, the um, the voice of the union leaders in particular, Mick Lynch and Sharon Graham um, with RMT and Unite. Um, I, and that gives me hope because there's a mood change in the country, you can feel it. And there's a growing awareness that basically this government we've been had and and there isn't an opposition there so that gives me hope but as far as the as far as the these two that we're left with at the moment as we speak with Rishi Sunak and um and Liz Truss um I mean I, I've described uh, I remember you know Liz Truss as, as being at the dispatch box like an automaton that I do remember the Labour front bench at the time pushing and pushing and asking her questions, and it, she just kept repeating the script, you know, over <laughs> whatever the question was, and uh, just kept repeating the script, like, just like an automaton, and there's, uh, there doesn't seem to be any warmth there uh, or kind of empathy or uh, I, I, I just... Uh, it, I find it quite scary, really, and some of the things she's coming out with about threats against union action um, in many public sector areas and key, key work areas, key worker areas. Uh, Rishi Sunak, well, he, he just seems to be an opportunist. And and it's almost like he's almost trying to sell us something <laughs> all the time. I feel like the, you know, the fast-talking, uh, smiley, perpetual smiling, I, I, d- I don't feel the sincerity there. And so, well, either of them are p- pretty terrifying, um, and and then obviously we've got Keir Starmer, uh, like Eeyore, on the um, Labour front bench, and it it it, it's, it is just just pretty terrifying. And meanwhile, we've got Boris Johnson threatening to be back and and return. Um, that very Trumpian, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. What's happened there, isn't it? I mean. It- it, I mean, I can see what, I think 9,000 of the Tory party membership who have got a vote in this, have signed a petition so far saying they want Boris back on the ticket. That could easily go higher, I should imagine, when when they think about the choice they've got. Um, you know, it's not a very attractive choice, is it? Uh, I, you know, they've... They probably missed a trick. Really, in in one or two of the others would have been more electable, um, but but then of course who they're up against is Keir Starmer, and I mean he's just coming unstuck at every every turn, isn't he? And um, it's, it's it really you know it's, it's quite dire. Uh, and I was we were saying uh, earlier, you know, it, it, it's if the left can get themselves together now, it's an absolute open goal because, well. You know, even ordinary ordinary people that aren't that bothered. Like I speak to my my brother. You know, he's he's not a political nerd at all. He's just a, a, a you know he goes about his business. He's got an interest, and he's a kind of middle of the road guy, I suppose. If you, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I suppose if you. Uh, um, categorizing him he'd almost be a centrist but I was talking to him the other day and he said well yeah, Keir Starmer he just is you know he just is no good is he he doesn't come across at all well and 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 this is even just getting that impression is through the mainstream media he's not tapping into any of the stuff that we see uh you know I mean that's what sometimes I I forget is that we see all the details I mean Basically on Twitter and and, and through the um, alternative media, Navarra, and uh, there's lots of it now. If you trawl through that, you get to see what's really happening, although that they might question that. But what you what most of the people in the country see is an absolute sanitised version, and also not even more, worse than sanitised. Actually, is totally fiddled, isn't it?
1: I mean, I think um, it's shameful actually at the moment, mainstream media, I I think it's absolutely shameful. I mean, we'll get on to uh, the Ford report in a minute, but but just generally um, their reporting of what is happening in politics at the moment is at points just sheer propaganda. And you wait, you wait for a report on something that you you know significant has happened. And it, it, it's just it's just absent. And that it's only just recently that we've seen some criticisms of Keir Starmer because he, he's just seemed to seem to have had a such an easy uh ride uh with mainstream media and seems to have their endorsement really. Um, and And gets away with an awful lot I mean car crash interviews, et cetera, where you just know a few years ago if any of the labor not just jeremy but if any of the labor front bench a few years ago had had some of the interviews or what you know some of the events that have occurred recently, they'd have been all over it, but they're not. And it's that unfairness that gets me. It does wind me up. It really does wind me up. I wish I could be calmer about it. Um, But I I hate unfairness. And it is just so unjust. And the control they've got is is really quite sinister.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to know how it happens, you know, because when the Ford report came out, and we're moving on, perhaps we're moving on to it now. When the Ford report came out, all of us on the left were like, right here it is at last. We read it, and or, or if we didn't read it, we picked up the the salient points, and uh, we we saw what was going on, and we thought, yes, thankful thank goodness. The media pretty much totally blanked it. Now, do the, does the Labour Party get say right? We're gonna get, ring around all these newspapers and the BBC and all these people and go we're going to release the Ford report, just totally ignore it, please. Or do the all these media outlets just automatically do that? They, they kind of take a look at it and go, well, that that's in favor of the left. We don't want to see that. So we'll just won't mention it, which is what I suspect happens. I suspect they've all got their filters on that they simply won't report any news that comes across uh, as, as good for the left. And yeah. and they'll simply overreport anything at all, however ridiculous, that that shows the left in a bad light.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Well, I I actually uh, tuned into Owen Jones's. Um, I saw it on YouTube actually. Um, on Sunday, um, and his uh, program on the Ford Report, and he had as guests, he had Rachel Shabby um, on journalist, writer, activist, um, and Alex Nuns, who used to be uh, Jeremy Corbyn's um, speechwriter, and it w- it was so interesting. Uh, if you haven't uh, listened to it, Tom, I'd, I'd recommend you do, and anybody else that's listening, because it was it, it was it was just so clear that Starmer had commissioned this report um, and the the findings of it are quite gobsmacking actually to me about this hierarchy of of racism um, and and about some of the absolutely appalling things um, that were found uh, that had been leaked in these WhatsApp groups and and some of the things that were were being said about setting people on fire and just, just appalling things and MSM are, are just silent about about these findings and it, it, and selective about what they pursue and how they perceive racism that has has gone on um in the Labour Party and it and it's almost like well we'll we'll follow something up if it's Politically expedient, you know, <laughs> and it's in our own interests. And um, the the Owen Jones um, program and the discussion that, that was uh, ensued with that, I I thought was 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 really really good. Um, and I think that the thing that the way MSM did report whatever was reported, it was minimal. I mean, I only saw it was like a, a half half a minute. On channel four, I didn't see much else at all. Was trying to do this um, both sides of it. Um, You know, that it it, it wasn't, it it wasn't just the the left, um, uh, and it wasn't just staff at HQ uh, or the GLU or the disciplinary cases. It, it, It was both sides, both sides were being factional. And and that actually is a nonsense because, I mean, this is me talking, but this is what came through in Owen Jones as well, that what you're talking about here with, with Jeremy Corbyn in particular and the accusations against him, but he was a democratically elected leader of a party with a mandate and there was a directive from him that certain things should happen. They were employed staff and this channeling of funds, Labour Party funds, I think it was £135,000, to Ergen House, which was the Labour Party headquarters uh, for London Labour, was for, was then directed, without the okay of the Labour Party leader, to those Tory marginal seats, um, with centre-right Labour candidates to support them I mean that is gobsmacking can you imagine if that would have been the other way around and um, and it's not been reported on mainstream media and it, for that to happen it's absolutely in my mind appalling and this is why many on the left are just not letting it go um because it, it is well, it's outrageous for a start. And Martin Ford QC has actually said in the report, because I've read all the report. I mean, a lot of it's very dry, <laughs> but but the findings in it. And don't get me wrong; it's not saying everything was was perfect. You know, in Lotto and and and, and what what happened over those few years. But but certainly, he actually says it was wrong. The, the channeling of funds may not have been illegal but it was wrong and that is not an outcry from mainstream media and that is well I think appalling I don't know what you think Tom but
0: well I mean, I mean there's so much isn't there the the, the racism I mean that's a, I I yeah. to me that's a, well to you too I'm sure and to a, a huge yeah. amount of stuff, that's a, a huge deal you know that, that we're, at the time, I was a member of that party, and there's absolutely appalling racism going on, and the hierarchy of racism in the Labour Party, it, you can't you can't argue against it. It's there, it's plain to see, and uh, you know, total silence. And and the, and the thing that really did me yesterday. Starmer went to Liverpool. Well, God knows he shouldn't he should never have gone there. I mean, whoever let him go <laughs> to Liverpool. But hey, oh, that, that's the quality
1: Just coming of in on that, I'm Tom. Positive. Just hey? coming in on that, the, the uh, Labour Party conference is in Liverpool in September. And oh. I'm already I'm already predict- <laughs> I'm already predicting that he's gonna have COVID that weekend. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why
0: do they do that? You know, I mean when- it's just just amateur, isn't it? But anyway, he, he he ends up in Liverpool, and, and I just thought so this man's mental. Why has he gone up there? And and so he and he gets asked some really good questions because I, and again he puts himself in in a situation where he has people ringing in and asking questions. Not I don't think they were asking direct. I think they were asking through a, a presenter. I don't know. But anyway, one of the questions he got asked was about the Ford report, and he goes, "Oh." That's, something, that's about something that happened two years ago. Well, I'm not interested in that. And and you just go, what? And, you know, he commissioned it. <laughs> it cost God knows how much to do. There's some really important lessons to be learned in that report. And he's just dismissed it because obviously it's not in his interests to take any notice of what it says. I mean, the guy is, uh, he's he's as bad as Trump. He's as bad as as johnson and um, you know it, it, but do you find that out from the media from the mainstream media no you no. don't
1: no no and the behaviors that are exposed in the report as well that you know that surely as a leader he should comment on you know like staffers were on trot hunts this is this yeah. is members who were left wing and would ring a bell if they'd actually managed to identify somebody and and to di- and to they were, you know, disciplined, going to be disciplined or, you know, kind of suspended from the party. And they'd ring a bell and they'd be directing their energies onto weeding out those that they saw as trots, um, rather than concentrating on the um, real and genuine uh, problem of anti-Semitism, which and um, you know that nobody would dismiss that it did exist in labor and that's what they were given the brief to do um and you know and and you know to to any racism um and i, I can see this last couple of days um that some of the mp's of color in in the labor party are are coming out on twitter and saying what's what's going to happen with the Ford report after these findings have been exposed and um, the silence from um, he seemingly said today oh I didn't need the fraud report you know um, and and you wonder whether he commissioned I could be being unfair with this but with these reports we see through we see through history how long it takes like with the Orgreave uh, Hillsborough how long these inquiries take until there's a report at Chilcot inquiry how many you know how many years does it take before you actually get that final report and I kind of it's going through my mind did he think when he was first um, when he first became leader oh I'll commission commissioner report and that'll put it off for a long long time and they have haven't they they've, they've we've been waiting we were told we'd get it after so many months then it didn't come and all the rest of it i remember emailing myself because i just sent a, a you know a couple of signs of a4 on my findings on the plp and the ethos and uh, culture um as an mp at 17 to 19 and um you know oh no we can't we can't release it and then of course it was released Right at the peak of the Tory leadership election, which was quite interesting, and, and you know, was it was it was it released the other day because it was a a good day to bury bad news? I wouldn't like to say, but it looked I'll like I'll say, Thelma, I'll say,
0: it definitely there definitely was that was no coincidence because Starmer made a complete cock up in Germany, didn't he? Where he went to, he yes. yes. got that bit of filming done. Uh, at the Holocaust Memorial, and yeah. used it as a PR stunt. Or is yeah. that? I think yeah. that's what.
1: With David Lammy, you see, I've noticed David Lammy taken a back seat with that. Um, but they were there together, and it was meant to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Tom. It was all
0: over Twitter. I mean, it probably didn't make MSM. I don't. I don't really know, but I think it did. It was talked about a bit. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, and it was getting pretty uncomfortable for Starmer because he's made such a big thing about. <laughs> Oh, it should have done. Falling, and it and, was and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to stop this happening. Let's just and then, yeah, the the the, the Tory leadership thing was big news, and so they just suddenly it was there, the Ford report, and yeah. uh, uh, d- totally deflected the the
1: left off. The, well, what, nobody's talking about that visit to Berlin now, are they? No, no nobody. No. Done. Nobody's nobody's done yet. And you just you became I sometimes think I'm becoming so cynical with these people that, you know, I, I had questions way back about he and David Lammy when they were walking in front of Portcullis House in Westminster and they had to have bodyguards from those protesters. I, I, you see, knowing how it works in Westminster and how you, there's an underground tunnel to go through, you know, to get to the different parts of it and different back passages you can, you, you know, you can walk along. I, I, I You know, I could be being completely unfair, but why you need to walk along there and why they needed a bodyguard, I'm not entirely sure because... From what I could see, yes, there may have been hostility, but I remember during the Brexit day, walking through carriage gates sometimes when I probably should have gone a different route and there was the Remain and the Leave campaigners and it It got really hostile and you'd have to run the gauntlet sometimes. And as MPs, it it was quite a, a difficult time and could be very intimidating when you could hear people in your office chanting outside parliament and things. We've all been there, and we all knew where to walk and not to walk. I'm just giving an example of things that have happened with Starmer, where, and then the ten pledges that have been broken, and I just don't believe him anymore. Perhaps I'm being unfair, but I just don't don't believe. It's that you know, I don't believe what you say because I see what you do, and I think that really applies to him you're not me.
0: being unfair thelma it's it's clear as day now and 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 i don't know if again this is an example of the a media blackout on some left-wing uh news but uh, that thing that happened in liverpool yesterday with audrey white where she now i don't even know how it happened i mean shocking uh display of um security or something around keir starmer to allow that to happen But they were having their lunch. I think Keir Starmer was having his lunch with the mayor of Liverpool in, I don't know, it didn't look like a swanky restaurant, but it was described as that in one report I read. And somehow or other, Audrey White managed to break into the room. And I don't know if if everybody knows Audrey White. She's she is a a a, a one. A, well, I think she's a wonderful lady. <laughs> I don't know what her history is, but she's very very powerful, and she doesn't take any nonsense. And she's a. Uh, I, I think she's Liverpudlian. I think she is. She's got real kind of. She just is just right on, isn't she? I, I I don't know what you think, but she's just lovely. Anyway, she broke into this room, and just had a go at just told Keir Starmer what she thought of him Uh, out of nowhere. And obviously they planned it all because they had two people videoing it. It's videoed from two different angles. And Keir Starmer just had to sit there and take it and listen to her. And she wouldn't stop. And she talked for about a minute and a half telling him what the score is. And now the interesting thing is that you can't or you won't hear about this yet in mainstream media, I've searched this morning actually, different newspapers, and I can't find it. And uh, but it is on Twitter, and it is on that video is now on YouTube. And really, these things, like someone was saying, you don't find an awful lot of stuff that's happening in the mainstream media. You don't find it there. You have to look in the alternative media. You either have to look it on Twitter. Or you have to go to Navarra, who are really on form at the moment, Navarra, they've had their moments, but they're flying at the moment, all of them. They're really good. There's a lot of good stuff happening on the left at the moment. Listen to podcasts like ours, or there's there's quite a few, and um, uh, find it. Another one is um Russell Brand. You know, I mean he's a bit out there, but he's he's worth a listen. It get the side of the story that the mainstream media doesn't tell you. That's kind of why I think i, I speak speak thelma here as well. That's why we do this podcast, because you know, this is happening, this stuff is happening, and it's not in our imagination. You know, that that video is there. It's you it's definitely happened. And yeah. where is it?
1: Well, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I second everything you've just said, Tom. That we we are a bit players, you you and I, with our small podcast. But it builds up, you know. And the left as a movement, well, we need to show solidarity with each other, but we need to share um, information so that people do no and yes it's our perspective and yes people can make the decision on that but when they're not getting an objective view or they're not getting different perspectives then um people remain uh, unaware of what is happening and at a time when people are facing so much hardship and it's going to get worse Audrey White Uh, you know, let me just pay my respects to Audrey White and, and show my solidarity with everything she said, member of Liverpool pensioners uh, group, and, uh, you know, a great uh, trade union uh woman who has um fought for workers rights you know all her life and uh, the bit of the video that made me laugh was that there were there were a few of them outside with banners outside this restaurant where <laughs> Kit Starmer was trying to have this this lunch and um, with that wonderful scouser humor outside you know that and the bit I was picking up on was making me giggle actually um but they were there and somehow she managed to get in as she said and and she she told him you know it was really speaking uh truth to power of how dare you you've written in the sun and 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 uh, with all the what the sun wrote about hillsborough and the people of liverpool and the insults um and and the libel and the slander and the you know the horrific history of that newspaper and he'd written in it and then of course his His, um, I think it was called, was it called the Spine Building or whatever it was called? Uh, There were a few quips on that. But he, he, from what I hear, he came in the back entrance of the building. um, And it was an invited number of journalists uh, and people uh, and other politicians that were in the room. Uh, And if you compare the photographs of when Jeremy um, as leader went to Liverpool you know the thousands and thousands of people that were there to greet him and the difference that this leader has to sneak in I suppose by the back door I suppose he was brave enough to go on the radio and to take questions so I suppose you've got to give him credit for that um, but Audrey she she told it as it was as a working class woman what he's doing to our society and to working class people. And um, I have immense respect for for what she did and what she said, but then then his bodyguard or heavy came in and and started um, manhandling her um, from what I can see, uh, which was totally unnecessary really. Uh, The thing that was significant for me with it though, was the difference in his response compared to what I know Jeremy would have because you know not everybody like jeremy and he did get people who were would heckle and but jeremy's response was always to listen respectfully to always be dignified for a start instead of having a gulp of water because he didn't know what to do he would have stood up and shown her respect i think I just just something physical like that jeremy would have stood up and and shown respect to her to be able to be uh you know, talking distance and on her level. And he would have listened and he would have responded, but he didn't say a word. And I thought that spoke volumes, really. So, yeah, a big event that so far has not yet been on mainstream media and not seen anything in the newspapers either. So, another example, another example. Um, but for me, Audrey White and what she did yesterday reflects the change in mood in the country um, especially with Mick Lynch and his colleagues from uh, RMT and Sharon Graham as well um, and you, you can see these people who are massively effective communicators simple messaging um, but just we've had enough we're not going to be poor anymore you know and it's it's that that um i think is is powerful at the moment and i think as things are only going to get worse and then we've got brexit in the mix which perhaps we can talk about another episode but we've got that going on and and the country's just in a mess um but it's going to get worse you know we've got the cold weather coming uh, in a few months time people's bills going up uh, interest rates going up and nobody uh, i mean you hear you know, you hear John McDonald talking about um, putting a cap on on prices, on essentials, etc. Energy cap, but Labour, you know, front bench aren't talking about that. So uh, it's it it, it needs the, the people, ordinary people need to be represented. And um, and as I say, I think there's a mood change, and more things being organised as well, rallies. Uh, strike map uk i've got that interactive map that coordinates all the strike action and, it, and it's growing um and in the public sector as well the balloting for strike action uh doctors nurses teachers firefighters postal workers you you name it rail workers you know it's kind of um you name it people are cheesed off they really are so
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are the opposition now, Thelma, and I, it feels like it, doesn't it? You know, the, the Labour Party are not the opposition. They're just, uh, they're part of it. And uh, and the opposition are there and you can hear them. And, you, you know, it's just wonderful to, that they are standing up. I mean, I'm so glad that there are people out there that can put a few words together and can think clearly in a way that perhaps I can't or... And, you know, you just listen to them, Brenda. They don't mess about. They know what the score is and they say it.
1: They're not messing about. And well, this is what Starmer can't do, can he? You know, if somebody speaks from the heart and it's, and it's genuine and it's passionate, then you don't forget your lines, really, do you? You know, if it's something no. that you really believe in. Uh, but if if you don't believe in anything and you you have to begin, you have to go to a focus group to, to formulate what you're going to say, then it's easy to just dry up and, and not know what to say. And we've got that from a number of them on the Labour front bench at the moment, that they're performing really badly. So what's coming on to back them up and to cover for it are the old, mainly Blairite ministers you, you know, you've got all media people or, you know, and, and they're appearing on GMB in the morning, they're appearing on all the celebrity shows that can, you know, and they're covering for how ineffectual um the current Labour people are. So we're getting blasts from the from 1997 onwards. And um we see more of them than than some of the um Labour from current Labor front ventures because they're almost covering for the poor performance of the current Labour front bench this is my opinion.
0: I, I, I also I think it, it's such a struggle for the for Labour anyway because they 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 haven't got anything to say they don't know what they're supposed to be saying I mean it's one farce after another isn't it with them um, you know that I I you know I don't want to go into the details of it but that thing as an example that thing about nationalizing the railways that happened yesterday mm-hmm. no one knows what's supposed to be going on and they've changed uh you know it's it's a shambles because there's it, like you say it's it's not coming from the heart you know it, it's it's a performance it's yeah. a charade really it's it's uh focus groups and and how can we appeal to most voters and what do we need to say we need oh my god we need to look like we're tough on immigration we need to look like we're tough on this and tough on that rather than what is the correct thing how should life be what and and I think that's why the left I think about this a lot actually Thelma why do people in the center dislike the left so much what is the problem Because generally speaking, I find people on the left to be quite nice people, generally. But for some reason, centrists don't like us. And I guess, conversely, we don't really like them. Because it's because there's... Yeah,
1: I think, you know, there's always been that, there is factionalism. and, And some, I would say, I've said this before, I think, on a previous podcast, that there are some on the left that have this almost um superior thing of being ideologically pure and I do think some need to just you know this is just me but I do think we need to reach out well I tried that in parliament I tried really hard in my own small way to kind of help people bring us together really you know and the Harold Wilson we're a moral crusader we're nothing kind of thing um and I think having that moral purpose and compass should guide the way for people on the left and I do think we need to be tolerant of each other and I do get that you know that there are red lines you know where you can't come together. I, I get that, but I, I do think the centrists just say, "Oh well, you know, the left are just too ideologically pure, and um, and we can't do that." You've got and, and he used the word pragmatic, didn't he, uh, yesterday, Keir Starmer? That um, you know that he's being pragmatic over what happens with the railways and renationalisation. Um, but but that's an excuse because what we've got with a lot of the current Labour front bench are careerists let's be blunt we've got some that when it comes to immigration they know they're in a seat that where it will appeal to the majority of uh, their constituents to go hard on immigration and they know they might lose the seat if they don't go along that route and it's that where the the true left true socialists won't compromise even if you know because I knew over Brexit with my remain position that I was going to seriously damage my prospects in Cone Valley in 2019. But because that's what I believe, I didn't believe in a people's vote, but I I was remain all the way through and I knew, but I, that I couldn't, you know, my principles and integrity wouldn't let me change that knowing that if perhaps if I did, then I would, perhaps on a personal level not lose my seat but what we've got with centrists are people who want to host have i got news for you they want to be on things like strictly come dancing they want they they want that life they want a good book deal uh, and you notice all the ones who were backed by murder you look you look at that pathway and you look who gets the pieces in the in the uh you know the main newspapers MSM and uh, all the rest of it you look at their career path and you'll you'll see uh, that that that's what happens and and it's a very strong very courageous person that holds on to and Jeremy's one of those people you have to say that hasn't sold out and and but with the centrists with many the ones we've got at the moment I mean there are as I'll say it again some brilliant people still in parliament in in have remained in labour i don't know how they've remained in labour but they're in labour there's still some brilliant people there who i have immense love and respect for but the ones we've got on the front bench at the moment i'm sorry but no uh, i i don't respect them i don't there you are so
0: lots of positive stuff going on and uh i think um i guess i i'm a bit like a a cork on the ocean, really, film When good things happen, I get buoyed up and start thinking, "Yes, come on, here we go." You know, I watched Audrey White yesterday, and it was just like, yeah. "Yes." Uh, I watched yeah. Lynch, yes. Uh, you know, or 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 if someone puts up a really effective uh, tweet or something. You know, I I I'm I'm really yeah. enjoying well, the like, bar at the moment. I just I think, can... well, just they've kind of finally just kind of decided which way the wind's blowing and they're going for it and uh, long may it remain so uh it's yeah. it's it's so nice when every when we're all going in the same direction and we know where we're going and there there is that kind of slight feeling now coming through on the left that look come on here we go we can't just sit here and watch this i can't swear but you know it's <laughs> going on over here <laughs> anyway, it's been lovely to talk to you as always and uh, okay. I- I'll just um say before we say goodbye um if you enjoy listening to our podcast uh, please uh follow us on your podcast app and also please share share the link to any of your friends who might also enjoy this podcast because this is the way that we can all stay in touch with what's happening you won't find a lot of this stuff in on the telly. Not you know, for, for, there's not that many people now that watch the telly as such, as there? But the, you know, you don't. It doesn't doesn't come up on Radio Four or News at Ten or whatever. So stay in touch. That's what I would say. Anyway, Thelma, i to speak to you, and uh, I'll I'll pass it over to you now to say goodbye.
1: All right, thanks, Tom. Great to talk to you, and I'll leave you with the words of Nelson Mandela. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man or woman is not he or she who does not feel afraid, but he or she who conquers that fear. Solidarity.